I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, June 17, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Did anything different happen today than took place on Friday? Materially not. So basically, at the end of the day, there really is no change in the bigger picture around the markets. However, we do find various markets or various sectors of various markets telling us certain things. So we'll keep on keeping on. We're going to keep looking under the hood. We keep putting the puzzle pieces on the table. Eventually, we're going to see a very clear picture of what's going on. We have information. The market is doing stuff regardless of the fact that today, once again, in the S&P 500, is a very narrow trading range day from high to low. We're above the important 289. That's important to me. We remain above there. Right now, we're essentially in between the 289 and getting through 2900 in the S&P 500, equaling about 290 in the S&P. Now we're stuck in the middle. For me, the real important number is 289. Above, I think we're in that midfield zone between 140-yard line and the other, and they're basically just going back and forth in the middle of the field. Neither team has able to break away on offense or defense. So what do we essentially have? Well, we're going to still look at it two ways. We can look at it this way. This is a bear wedge pattern that will likely go down, at least from a symmetrical standpoint, this one goes down into right around or below the 50 period moving average on the daily chart. Could there be a lot more downside than there? Of course there could. I'm just saying from the standpoint of the symmetrical wedge pattern that's developing now, that would be an area we would likely find support. And when you look a little deeper into it, you see that we have what's called a gap window down here. So the low here is 285.74. We'll call it 286. Somewhere in between 286 and this 50 period moving average of 287, if the market began selling, we would likely find at minimum of some intraday support. What happens if the Bears really did take the ball and started running downfield? What happens if that gap window wasn't intraday support? Where do they go? They go to and possibly even slightly through the 20 period moving average. We'll call it 284 for argument's sake. Now, what are we watching these specific price levels for? We're leading up into Kabuki Theater. Anything can happen leading up into and on the day of, which is Wednesday, Kabuki Theater which is the conclusion of the FOMC announcement Wednesday afternoon. And then I believe you have some kind of press conference with Jerome Powell, who's the chair of the Fed after the fact. Any of these things tend to be great excuses for the market to make a move. Is the market likely to make a big move before the Fed announcement? It's unlikely. Garden variety market behavior would have the market doing something very similar on Tuesday than it did on Monday. But 
If we did wake up to some kind of a gap down or the market began selling, you have the general area where we should find intraday support. What about the other side? Well, we can also look at the market like this. We talked about this over the weekend. So here we have a bull flag pattern. This is generally going to promote a move in the upward direction. Doesn't have to be equidistant for those of you wondering. We're just looking at it from a visual perspective. We see a double top area up here around 294, 295. We know that the market, if it breaks out above this high, this high made on the 11th of June, if it breaks out above that high, the old market highs are going to be an attractant to price. That's just the way the market works. Doesn't have to necessarily get there. Inside the numbers, members have a more refined area where I believe the market would necessarily go on the next leg higher if we did get another leg higher. And that all is from an intraday perspective. Where is that next major area of overhead resistance from an intraday perspective if we did break out over the highs from June 11th, that high being 291.40, start closing hourly above that high, and there's a little bit of a vacuum to the upside. Is the market likely to break out before the Fed announcement? Anything is possible. We go with the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, garden variety, the market's going to do tomorrow what it did today. You have all kinds of things going on in terms of speculation about what the Fed's going to do. We don't really care. Whatever excuse they want to assign, it's going to be the excuse for the movement of the market. Let's go over a few of them. The Fed comes out and cuts rates. The market shoots up. The market shoots up because the Fed cut rates. Now, what happens if the following day, the next day, the market is down and it's down more than from where the Fed made the announcement? We've seen that before. We've read that book before. What they'll say is, as investors digested the information, they're worried that if the Fed is cutting interest rates, they believe something is troubling with the economy. Things aren't as good as we think they are. There's trouble ahead. Therefore, let's sell the market. That's what the media would say if we had one of those spike higher after the Fed and then a reversal either right after or shortly thereafter. But when these things happen and then you see the rhetoric after the fact and you look at it that way, you see what they're doing. They're filling in the blanks after the fact. They're creating the storyline based on the movement of the market. It's completely different than most people think it is. There's obviously other scenarios as well. The Fed does nothing. They maintain an accommodative policy. I've got the air quotes going. And the market moves in one direction or the other. And they may assign a different reason for the move because the Fed wasn't good enough. Or, of course, that will be the reason for the move. Either way, it doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line point. If we shoot higher before or after the Fed, it's likely a short against the old highs, of course. If we continue higher and close above the old highs, then something entirely different is going on. We have to reassess and we'll take it from there. 
And if we're never able to close above this high here from the 11th of June, then that turns out to be a reversal candle. So either way, we just have to wait for the market to make its move, and then we can take action based on the highest probability scenario going forward. I'm going to get this question, so I'll answer it here. Can a trader be short against the high of June 11th? assuming the market's going to go down, as long as you're willing to assume the risk that it's going to go up. But that is a legitimate trade. We're not that far from risk. It's a reasonable risk reward. What's the safest way to take the trade? That's something that we discuss at length in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. We look for several things to converge together, and when they do, we generally have a high-probability risk-reward trade on our hands. In this case, getting in front of, either way, guessing long, guessing short, getting in front of Kabuki Theater is really just a guess. It's not any better than a coin flip. Not to mention, this week happens to be quadruple witching options expiration. What does that mean, or what does that mean to you and I? It means that there's a lot of rebalancing that's going to go on later in the week. Four different asset classes have expiring options this week. Under normal garden variety market conditions, at least the second half of this week should be active in the market. Is it an accident or a coincidence? We have a Fed meeting right smack in the middle of the week. We can just chalk it up to... We need a helping hand to get these markets moving anyway. Taking a quick peek at a couple of the other charts that we've been looking at lately. Did anything change? Absolutely not. Can certainly make the case in both directions on this 240 minute chart. I can make the bull case that it's bullish above all the moving averages. Above 289, we're just floating higher. The volume across the markets remain very, very light. It was almost like the market wasn't even open half the day today. On the other hand, we have the reversal candle. Until and unless we get above and close above the high of that reversal candle, it is what it is. When you look at the hourly chart, at least to me, obviously since we discussed it the other day, We'll discuss it again. I can see two potential, just like the other. I see the bear flag portion or the bearish wedge portion, however you want to look at it. In this case, it would be a little skewed because we have that pattern inside of another pattern. So we have a bull flag pattern, potentially, as long as we stay above 289 and continue closing hourly above 289, that's okay. And we have this bull flag pattern inside, and this is a potential, but I have to look at it this way because I know what the other charts look like. So potentially, this is essentially the same thing. This is a bear flag or bear wedge pattern. I know I'm drawing it a little bit different than the norm, but I just also want to point out that any analyst can draw anything they want, but it's your eye that has to be attracted to something that makes sense. If I only showed you the hourly chart, you could scratch your head and say, huh? But if I show you the 240-minute chart and the daily chart, you can see where my case begins to look logical and plausible both ways. Back to the hourly chart, and you can see, and it's not irony, it's not a coincidence, the hourly chart 
50 period moving average is now all of a sudden magically at 289. Tomorrow, the Fed begins their meeting. They conclude on Wednesday. The market still should probably go back and forth some, driving traders crazy. Today's market was not really a day tradable market when you're just looking at the spider chart. Back and forth, there's no clear direction. There's no institutional conviction one way or the other. It's a very difficult market to trade, and therefore, a lot of inexperienced traders end up getting chopped up on a day like today. What's going on in Camp IWM? Nothing's going on other than the fact that we did have some relative strength once again. So we had it for a couple of days last week, and then all of a sudden on Friday, not so much. Again today, relative strength against the spider up four-tenths of one percent. The spider was basically up what's called 13 basis points or so, little more than one-tenth of one percent. It is relative strength. However, we have other markets to look at. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table, but we have to look at it a multitude of different ways. So what other ways are we looking at it? Well, one way is we look at the chart of the IWM independent of anything else. What do we see? We see price in between these moving averages. But here's the way I look at it. The moving averages above are overhead resistance. The moving average below isn't such support as one might think it is. Why? Because we've been trading around that moving average of recent and we can't get through the ones above. So to me, you have three above. There's more overhead resistance. We have yet to get above the moving averages that are currently above price. And we did trade above and have tested the moving averages below. But on another test on the way down, would we be so confident that the moving average below, the 20 moving average, the red trend line, would hold price? Would we have a high confidence level that would take place? My answer to that was, No, I wouldn't have a high confidence level looking at this chart because the longer-term perspective for me on this chart is a series of lower highs. So we have a high. I'll consider this a good pivot high. We have a series of highs here. Now, could price be building energy, buying time, eating time off the clock to trade higher into and possibly through these moving averages? The answer is yes, it could, but the other question becomes how far would it actually get? If we begin closing daily above the 50 period moving average, more than just one day, we'll have that conversation. Until and unless that happens, this is a bearish chart not confirming the same thing that we see in some of the other markets, namely the SPY, the Triple Qs, the Dow, a few others. Why does that matter? For me, it's my favorite market-leading indicator. I take note of it. It's always a puzzle piece. It's on the table. doesn't follow suit every single day or all day every day, but the bigger picture is it does become a good and solid market-leading indicator. What's my second favorite market-leading indicator? Well, we take a stop down at the transportation department, and what do we find? We find a divergence from what we found today in the IWM. So right off the bat, we have a little bit of a hodgepodge going on. We have a flat to up slightly S&P. We have 
a leading IWM, and we have a lagging transportation average. We have the Fed coming up, so the market is playing games. It's not giving a clear direction one way or the other. However, we always look at every chart independent of everything else, and we always want to know what this chart is telling us based on this chart. And what the transports are telling us, similar to the IWM, we know they're in much of the same technical position as the IWM. What the transports are telling us, something that we just talked about in the IWM, they're heading toward the 20-period moving average, and they're telling us they're not necessarily ready to go up into the moving averages, but obviously, and sorry to be Captain Obvious, but obviously... They're headed back down. The question is, do you have the confidence to buy that 20-period moving average? I don't. Certainly not with the markets all over the place, plus the S&P in a very narrow range. Everything's like a bunch of arrows pointed in all directions. We need clarity. And by the way, we will get it. Right at the point when the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew are finished wearing everybody down, we'll get clarity. The Q's telling us anything strength that's good for the tech space at least if you're an owner or a broad owner of the cues if you will but remember it's top heavy weighted in a handful of big tech hedge fund favorite names amazon apple facebook netflix google you know the names these names amazon looks very similar to the chart of the cues it looks like as long as we stay above these moving averages, it's buying time, eating time off the clock, building energy to move higher. Apple doesn't look all that different, although can't seem to get through the 50-day moving average. But as long as it's above everything else, you can certainly make the case that it's looking to go higher. But you have to take notice of a couple of things, namely a high, and not that we have a lower high, but even if a, but even if Apple did run higher from where we are here, even if it went up to here, 205, whatever number Apple decides to run to if it goes higher, it still has the potential and will likely put in a lower high. That's bearish. Facebook. Big update for Facebook. They've got something brewing with cryptocurrency. I get the whole storyline. Don't really care. I'm looking at this on the daily chart and saying, looks like a breakout. Let's go look at another time frame. See what else we find. Let's look at a longer term chart. Here's a weekly chart. So even if we break out above these highs here, above 200, we still have to contend with what? The market wanting to test the high of the breakdown candle. Nothing changes whether we're looking at a 10-minute, 30-minute, 60-minute, 240-minute chart, weekly chart. All charts act and react the same way. These are things that are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And this is just a snippet of a lot of information that you can take in, learn, and use indefinitely. Netflix. Now, Netflix is in somewhat of a different position than the last couple of markets or stocks that we just looked at. We can't get above the 20-period moving average. We can see there's a lot of overhead resistance coming up, even if it does trade higher, around 360, another $10 higher, give or take. We're going to find more resistance in Netflix. Similar story when you look at a longer-term chart. 
The story can be that it's building energy to push higher and make new highs. That can certainly be the story. However, if that's not the story, there has to be another story. If there's another story, then this becomes a lower high and there's much lower prices ahead for Netflix. So if we see a crack in the market, you have to watch the leading names that are widely held by mutual funds, pension funds, hedge funds. You know what we always say when everybody runs for the exit at the same time? It's like shoving 10 pounds of crap into a 5-pound bag. You can't get it in there. The bag's gonna rip. How's Google doing? Google can't even get through its 20-period moving average. There's trouble on this chart. This doesn't even look like some of the other ones that don't look great. This one doesn't look good. In fact, it looks bad. What's this chart telling us? If we have to assign a storyline to this chart, it's that we're starting to hear discussions about the politicians getting involved in Google like they did in Microsoft years ago. When companies get really, really large, they draw a lot of attention. Doesn't mean we know what's going to happen in the future. These things can go on for years and years and years. I'm just making up a story looking at a chart that doesn't look like the rest of the market. Is Google a leading indicator of the tech sector? To a degree. However, I think this chart is this chart. What about the SMH, which is also a very, very good leading indicator of the tech space? We had a pretty big down day on Friday, and we had a little bit of follow-through today. Now, what's interesting is we didn't close below the low from Friday. The low is 101.98. Today's close, 102.03. Not an accident or a coincidence that we close above it by a nickel, but the chart may be trying to tell us something. Again, in concert with a high and potentially a lower high, that's negative. That will likely mean that these lows here are setting up to be breached. So if this is a leading indicator of the tech space, then it's leading us to the conclusion that there's another down leg across the markets. And I think we can leave it there tonight. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so I will give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.